Hello and welcome once again to the Moore and Connolly Football Show, the podcast that gives you your fix of the NFL with a little added je ne sais quoi. Big shout out as always to the Gridiron family of which we are proud to call ourselves a part. My name is Tom Moore, talking nonsense since 1986 and joining me as always is the godfather of the family. It's Ollie Connolly. Ollie, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm hanging in there. How are you? I'm not bad, mate. Living the dream, you know, in the playroom today, the kids' playroom. Uh, so it's not the greatest podcast setup. I've got my microphone balanced on a big candlestick that is literally three foot tall. Um, but, uh, you know, we make do with what we have in our surroundings, Ollie. It is, I think, the largest candelabra I've ever seen owned by a person, not at like some kind of stately home. Yeah, well, obviously, in, this is a household decorated by a Greek, so mm. it, there's stuff everywhere. You know, it's not kind of like clean lines, contemporary, nice and clear spaces, Ollie. It's like there's a space. How much shit can we throw in it of different <laughs> cultural heritage? <laughs> this is basically what my house was like. But you know, knickknacks, and I kind of like it, Ollie. But so when I try and introduce certain things that I want, so for example, I've got a hat signed by a load of cricketers like Stuart Broad and Joe Root and stuff like that. So I managed to get that on the bookcase and my wife was like, yeah, okay. Then I managed to sneak in a little miniature replica replica of the Ashes trophy and, and just got that one in. Tried to put my cricket award in from last week, Captain's Player of the, of the Year. No, wasn't flying. <laughs> so what you got so far? around your home, does it feel like a home sense? Is it discombobulated in terms of stuff being everywhere or is it is it well put together? There's so much stuff that it does actually suddenly form its own style in itself and it doesn't become just a jumble sale. So it's quite an incredible sight, Ollie. Uh, I feel like I should tell our listeners what, obviously, we're going to be doing on today's show. We're going to hit the headlines for next week, which is what we do every week. We give you our predictions of what we think the headlines are going to be after this weekend of NFL action. Then we're going to go to the game show, and this week it's going to be tenable again. But there's a twist on this because the tenable this week has been set up and inspired by one of you, a listener. So stay tuned for that one. And then finally... We'll square off with listeners' questions at the end. If you want to get in touch with us, please do. We always want the interaction with the listener. It's a huge part of the show. It always has been in the years leading up to this new launch of the MCFS before when Ollie and I did the show in our darkened rooms uh, with, you know, our darkened personalities. <laughs> MCFSquestions at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at Ollie Connolly at the underscore Tommy underscore more and our producer at Michael underscore NFL who will introduce in a little while Ollie I think that's enough of me talking is it not let's do it no let's not Ollie let's go to story time with Tom before oh, we okay wrong. always I get too excited I get carried away go ahead you're right right now I have to ask you for a matter of opinion here okay and I want the opinion of the listeners for next week tipping tipping in restaurants right okay you know my I, mind first you know it's interesting there and i think it, it speaks once again to your middle classness when you said tipping i immediately thought of fly tipping yeah no Ali, I'm not because i live in Salford. yeah i'm not leaving a mattress at the side of an a road you know that's not was not my intention i want to talk about tipping right okay because obviously tipping was established predominantly in the u.s to bolster the salary of waiters and waitresses who weren't getting a minimum wage right in the UK, it's not quite the same. It seems to be a compliment to waiters and waitresses for good service. Now, I think that it's becoming increasingly rare because who carries cash to slip a quick five pound? Not all places do the on the card machine. You can you can set it up on the card machine. But even still, Ollie, I'm starting to think, and I'm not trying to be an arse or anything. Should it even be a thing at all in the UK where these people are at least on a minimum wage? 
uh yeah I, i'm into tipping um i'm into tipping big time with delivery drivers Ooh. i think and uh, because i i always assume my head one that's not the thing they want to be doing and often i think that it's a secondary source of income and so particularly if it's any kind of bad weather i will always do a pretty good tip is kind of my go-to in restaurants a bit different in america as you said i mean some of them are wild when i first went over there as an adult and i was responsible for the tipping i had no idea of the culture i was on my own no one sat down and explained to me hey man you have to tip for absolutely everything when you order a pint at a bar and someone pours it and hands it to you that is a five dollar tip <laughs> i just did not know this and that that created all kinds of friction where i, I came across the the tight ass english gentleman in the uk i think that we are a a pick our spots nation right restaurant for great service or fancy restaurants usually you the kind of the sense that you have to tip and i do think the delivery drivers for me is the big one if we're also going into the who should you tip and where the most benefit is bin men if you give bin men something once a year at christmas something like that box of chocolates honestly you are then quids in because you know what bin kerfuffle can be like i think that the a star move is to tip your bin men oliver I, I, this is the the first um, or the second year that I've lived in an actual house and not in a flat. So understanding bin logic, whereas before it was some giant bin mechanism, you threw everything and everything and someone else figured out for you. Learning the fact that your bin is never returned to where you live and there's kind of the weekly hunt for where is my bin? Who has my bin? Does number 12 have my bin? So yes, uh, that is good advice, I think, for the new suburbanites amongst our listenership. Tip the bin men, and then maybe your bin will return to you. And label your bin. I remember I got a pot of sample paint when I moved into our house, you know, the little pots with it, and then brushed in big painted letters <laughs> the numbers on all of our bins, um, which, there you go. And also when you say this is the first time I've lived in a house, I just had this image of you for your whole life living in some kind of shanty town, mm. you know, corrugated iron roof. A cave of tape. Yeah, supported by mud bricks, you know, as you cook your rat taken off the street in your oven of broken dreams. Ollie, I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's get on to the headlines. On to the headlines, Oliver, and I'll hit you with this one first of all, and then we'll go to you. Are you ready? Because last week I correctly predicted that the Packers would lose to the Jets. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take that move and raise it. This is the first headline we're gonna see next week. Kicked in the Heineke. The Packers' free fall continues in Washington, and I believe my ascension into the legendary status of headline writing is continuing with that one, Ollie. Tell me about this, because I am absolutely terrified. No, this is actually, that's wrong. I'm not terrified the Packers are going to fall off the cliff as a Packers fan. I actually am embracing it, because I think it's about time we acknowledged that this is the end of something. Interesting. I, I don't think it's as corrupted as you're suggesting it is i just taped for the listeners we'll include a link into the podcast description i just did a two-hour podcast essentially where an hour of it was on the packers and their problems on offense so i don't want to dig too too much into that it's not keep it keep it high level i don't want to send you back down that (laughs) we've discussed that ad nauseum too i i don't think it's as far away as some people suggest, is the most troubling part of the offense right now is how much Aaron Rodgers is missing. And I just don't think that will continue. I don't know how much the Jets game. I know people briefed out about the, the injury and he mentioned about the injury in the run-up to the game. I don't know how much of that was involved with the missed throws specifically against the Jets. There are guys open. 
So I'm not having this thing that no one's open and the offense is broken. And he was saying we need to simplify it. And him and LaFleur can't figure out exactly what the the definition of of simplicity means, which is the peak Aaron Rodgersness, where he'll never just say what he's thinking, but he wants you to give six different possible answers and he'll, he'll never clarify which is which. The big thing for them, I think, is defensively. It's been such a shit show defensively and it's been really, really passive and it's 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 belied the talent that I believe is on that roster. I mean, there are studs all over the place and, and to play mm-hmm. that passively, I think, is just, is just silly. Um, and it seems from all the reports this week, like we are at a tipping point of if they don't get it corrected this week as a defensive staff, they will make some kind of in-season change this week or next week depending on what the defensive staff do so you're going up against uh taylor heineke as you mentioned a really really talented washington receiving core running back room particularly in terms of receiving out of the backfield so if you play passive against those guys give them free releases get no body presence on routes heineke is good enough that he'll just complete throws right and then you're in trouble if you force everything to be a tight window no matter how good terry mclaurin is and all those guys force heineke to beat you in tight windows that to me i think is a, is a pretty big ask Okay, we shall see what happens, Ollie. But as you've talked about it, I would encourage people to go find that podcast, Ollie. Where can they find that podcast, Ollie? That one's on readoptional.substack.com. I'm now doing, Tom, Home and Home, a podcast with John Ledyard, a very, very talented and well-regarded football analyst. And we're doing a podcast, we think, each week, depending on listener feedback, called Home and Home. I love it, Ollie. Now, I brought with me as well today to my table the Magic 8-Ball uh, from Friends fame. Now, let's just see if the Magic 8-Ball will tell us if the Packers will win because that's about the state that I've got to, Ollie, as I shake it up. The Magic 8-Ball says... Ooh, I have my doubts. Let's move on to your first headline of the week for next week, Ollie. Mine is books get right, drop 30 on the Panthers. Ooh, a 30, man. That is, that's some heavy rain right there, baby. <laughs> what, I mean, what about this Bucks team, though, obviously? Because all we seem to be able to talk about at the moment is the fact that Tom Brady's getting divorced. <laughs> how, how, first of all, let's just get, let's get to the football in a minute. Okay. He is married to Giselle Bunchen, right? Yep. A supermodel right. who is gorgeous and seems absolutely delightful. She supported his career this whole time. He's got kids. They are all gorgeous. And, and he seemed like this. What's gone on, Ollie? I, I, and I know you probably don't want to go into it, but that guy <laughs> has the perfect life, right? And he seems to have spaffed it all up the wall to try and carry on playing football, which he shouldn't have done when he had a massive broadcasting deal on the table. Ollie, does this mean, because this what this means to me is one of the most respected guys <laughs> in sporting history now becomes the guy that we look at and go, dude, what happened? Maybe. I mean, it depends. He's probably going to end up on, on the podium with Lombardi at the end of this whole thing. That's what he does. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. It is a very strange situation. You never know what's going on in someone's bedroom, obviously. So I don't know any of the particulars. What I think is one of the most fascinating parts about it that completely gets lost when it gets, you know, put through the meat grinder of sports and sports commentary is that, A, she's as successful in her field as mm. he is in his the top supermodel in the history of the game, right? He's the top quarterback in the history of the game. She out earns him still. Mm. And she's in her 40s in the beauty business. And right now she out earns him in terms of money. So it's not some kind of divorce about cash or anything like that. And from everything she said publicly, there was that documentary series behind the scenes with, with those two. And then there's kind of the leaks that have come out through the New York Post throughout this whole thing where there's, there's a lot of her team's hand in some of those leagues. It was basically like, hey man, the deal was you played till you're 45, then I'm allowed to squeeze my final drops 
out of my career. Because guess what? Being in your 50s and 60s as a supermodel, that's just not how that game works. You can go call games at Fox in your 60s. People will throw hundreds of millions of you in your 70s to sit on an ESPN desk, right? Not so much for me. So can I have, please have the time to go do the final parts of my dream in my career? So yeah, it's I, well. I pretty compelling. It is compelling. We've got to be careful when we use phrases like squeezing drops out of things with these guys as well. I mean, let's, you know, let's let's be careful. Tell me about the football side of things, though. Why are the books going to get right this week? I think they're nowhere near as far away as the Packers are. Um, having watched a ton of their tape this week, they, to me, have some pretty clear flaws. One, their left guard is a complete sinkhole. And at some point, you know, Ryan Jensen will return. They can reshuffle the offensive line. They're saying mid-November. Um, and, and they'll be able to move things around the offensive line. They cannot run the ball, and they cannot run the ball in very specific ways. They cannot run the ball to the left side of the line. Essentially, they, their zone running rates are horrendous when they run and pull and move a guard. They they actually run the ball pretty effectively. So they're more in a, in a situation where it's tweaking sliders, it's pushing certain buttons, and it's saying, okay, let's trim all the stuff that's been pretty terrible for us so far. If we ditch all that stuff, then we actually move the ball pretty effectively. Brady's actually playing very, very well. He's not had his receivers for most of the season those guys are all healthy or unsuspended now so i think they're pretty close so long as the big thing that jumped out to me was they keep banging their head against the wall with the things they cannot do and doubling down on those things to try and make things better for instance i mentioned there in terms of their zone running and just kind of playing man on man at the line which our guys can beat your guys they've been terrible at that all season long so what they've done is got heavier and heavier extra bodies on the field extra tight ends on the field if we put more beef on there surely we can blow someone off the ball not work right so i think if they sit in a room and say let's just take out all the crap that hasn't worked for three weeks and let's just maximize what we're doing well maybe we're a bit more plotting maybe we're a bit more predictable but we at least know we can execute that stuff at the highest level and then maybe filter some of those other pieces back in as they get more comfortable and they, they get pieces back into the lineup to me they are not flawed by design like the Packers are it is pretty much execution and so at some point they're going to get right and as good as that panthers defense is compared to the rest of the panthers organization which is just a complete tire fire uh, this to me feels like a week where those missed throws to godwin missing mike evans and not targeting him in the second half you know thumping fauna into a brick wall this is the week where maybe they just decide to, to, to lean the other way and take out all the badness take out the badness execution is what it's about ollie um let's go to my next headline the fairy tale of new york continues the jets defeat the broncos to go to five and two and the Giants knock off the Jags to reach six and one. Uh, what is happening in New York, my friend? But I am totally on board with both of these results <laughs> to take place this week and these teams to continue with their stride forward on it. Watching the Jets last week, it was, I mean, as bad as the Packers were, I was excited for the Jets as a team that's been much maligned, you know, and in a bad place for a long time. To see the energy and youthfulness on that team on both sides of the ball, great to see. And the Giants, again, I saw the Giants in person as you know, as, as we both did over in London, and they have a little bit of, uh, you know, chutzpah. They've, they've got it, Ollie. They've got something there, my friend. And and this is a real turnaround for a city that, apart from Buffalo, obviously, for a city that was lacking in confidence, let's say, from a footballing perspective. 
Yeah, the Giants one is the hilarious one. The Giants are a bad football team who keep winning games, and it's very, very funny. They're actually the first team since, I think, 1980s, somewhere in that range, to be negative in DVOA, which is essentially down-to-down efficiency, and to have a 5-1 and record. What that is telling you is, and we've seen it throughout these games, right? It's one play, it's two plays, it's a weird wildcat thing, right? They play a final driver game with no quarterback, they block a punt. It's all these kind of one-off, they just kind of hang around, hang around, hang around, one or two plays, and then they're they're able to win the thing what i find interesting borderline well not borderline certainly unsustainable and i think the demigod of my life which is wink martindale the defensive coordinator of the of the, the giants they are just doing mad shit you know i, I said i taped the <laughs> podcast yesterday i was being asked you know what what's the what's the schematic breakdown what are the giants doing it's like they are just doing weird shit intentionally to freak people out they did some of the wildest stuff you'll ever see a team do you would not see a team do it in high school you'd not see a team do it in the european league against lamar jackson with the sole intent of him going what is happening? This should never happen. <laughs> and it adding extra beat into Lamar Jackson's read and then it, him getting sacked and being like, I, I know what has happened. You're not supposed to do that in, in this sport, <laughs> let alone in this league. And the Giants are currently blitzing at a 42% rate, right? To put that into context, the second team, the second highest team blitzing league is the Lions in somewhere in between 32, 34%. I can't quite remember the figure off the top of my head. And the Lions are doing that because they are historically bad, right? They're terrible. So they have to blitz more to try and get pressure. And when you blitz in the NFL, you get torched. The Giants are blitzing 10% more than the Lions. Mm. It's so unsustainable. They're basically saying, we're going to blitz the hell out of you, play man-to-man coverage across the board with a crappy roster, and just hope we don't miss tackles. And they have one of the lowest missed tackle rates in the entire NFL. That style of defense is wonderful, delightful, a joy to watch, completely unsustainable. At some point, they will get roasted for 40 or 50 points. Something like that's going to happen to them because they're not playing great, great football. So which to which uh, before we move on, Ollie, which of these teams then do you think is it's got the sustainability factor? Then which of these teams out of the Jets and the, and the Giants do you think is going to end up with a better record at the end of this season? Better record's tough because the AFC East is is really really good. Though the NFC East is obviously really really good too. The Giants, the Cowboys, that 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 probably is quite even. The Jets have the best unit, I think, which is the Jets defensively. Top 10 in EPA per play. They're down four. They, they only play with four down linemen and rush four guys the entire time. And that's kind of the bread and butter of Robert Salah is he finds himself eight guys up front. He cycles them through in four-man batches, and then he can keep an extra guy in coverage. And that they're playing out of their minds. You saw in that Packers game, they did some pretty cool schematic stuff too. But for the most part, it was, we're going to rush four. You keep five in, and we think we can beat you because we don't think you're good enough. And they just hammered them, right? So in John Franklin Myers, in... Um, um, and the Carl Lawson who started to play well and Sheldon Rankins who started to come online. They have just guys up front who are better, frankly, one-on-one than even Dex Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau right now. For the Giants, the Giants have to put extra guys in the rush and that's how you end up, wind up losing in the NFL. So I think the, the Jets comfortably have the best unit, which is them defensively. It's actually pretty even on offense. The, the Giants offense is worse, but I don't think what the Jets are doing is all that sustainable. You watched last week, Zach Wilson is so all over the place and though mm. i think they've got better tools their offensive line is better their running backs are pretty even zach wilson i think has a higher upside than than daniel jones on a drive to drive basis he has had some unbelievable stretches so far this season where he just puts a drive together where it's it's really impressive but he still has often no idea what he's doing no idea where he's going with the football and he'll put three drives in a row where he looks like the worst player in the league so um 
it, it's pretty tight. It's pretty tight. I would probably just just go with the Jets. I love it. I'm going with the Jets as well. Ollie, give me your final headline before we talk a little bit of trade block and then move on to our game show. Do you believe in miracles? The Bears scored negative points versus the Patriots on Monday Night Football. The Bears score negative points, Ollie. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the owners' meetings this week, right? They should institute some kind of rule where the be- the Bears are so bad on offense that they're allowed to have negative points. I don't know if you saw it today, but Bill Belichick was asked about the Bears, and he gave a seven-minute monologue. Bill Belichick, hard to get seven words out of the man. A seven-minute monologue that typed out was over a thousand words on how good the Bears are. And as we all know with Bill Belichick, whenever he answers something long about a team and tries to compliment them, he is saying they are awful. So by just the law of Belichickianness, the fact he got the seven minutes means he thinks they are horrendous. <laughs> and we're very well prepared to club them over the head on Monday night. Historically bad then with seven minutes. Now, how would you navigate that in terms of negative points? Would you give assign negative points for, so for example, if you gave away a safety you would receive negative points or if you threw a pick six you would receive negative six yourself or just if if you just look terrible you go well that's worth half a negative point (laughs) that was awful justin i mean how do you give those points out i think if you don't cross midfield in a quarter you have to lose three you lose a field goal every for every quarter. You do not cross midfield on offense, at which point they're probably at, right at negative six, if not negative nine. I like that. I think that should just be a rule anyway. Yes, Thank owners you. meeting. You should sort that out. Ollie, before we move off our headlines, you've noted to me that it's selling time, baby. So who's up there potentially to get traded? And have you got any inklings of where they might go or whether something would happen with that player? Is it likely? Ollie, give me some ideas. Well, we've seen Bobby Anderson already get mm-hmm. traded to the Cardinals. That was a, an interesting one. And it is looking like the Panthers, right, are just going to strip this whole thing down and sell as, much, as many assets as, as possible. You've got Brian Burns, who's a who's an elite edge rusher when he's really rolling, and anyone in the league would want to add an elite edge rusher. It just comes down to a question of value and draft picks. Christian McCaffrey's the big name hanging out there. The Panthers had that bizarre league that they want multiple first-round picks for an aging, expensive running back in the year of 2022. You'd be lucky to get a second, maybe a first if a if a wild owner comes along or the Rams get involved because the Rams will throw anything at you. He's, he's, a, he's, he's a crock, mate. He's Darren Anderton. <laughs> I, I still think McCaffrey has some juice. I think in the right spot, he could. I think he would be a huge, huge boon to the books. I think that's the one spot where you say, okay, uh, the books should go and get, they should go and get McCaffrey. They should go and get Burns. Robert Quinn was on my list. They, he reported today the Bears are ready to move on from him. He was the kind of one out there preseason where he had an unbelievable year last year. Aging guy obviously wants to go ring chasing. Decent enough contract where you could go and trade for him in season. So Robert Quinn's the big one where the Packers and some of these kind of secondary tier contenders right now would probably want to get involved with that one even someone like the bills who are loaded up front might say let's just go get robert quinn because he he's such a star and maybe the bears wouldn't ask for a first or maybe even a second at that point because of his age and just wanting to get off the contract 
But if I'm the books and I'm looking at their timeline, you are working year to year with Brady. This is probably the last year with him. And what are you going to do after Tom Brady leaves? You'll probably go back to being the books, right? You've got Felipe Franks as a backup. You're probably looking at three, four, five years in the wilderness minimum, right? So why not go and try and cash in this year and go all rounds? Now, I would go and get McCaffrey. I would try and get Burns. I would try and get Quinn. Nelson Aguilar is another one who's on the block from the Patriots. So it's a true deep threat. If you need speed on your offense, Nelson Aguilar is one to get. Maybe Brandon Cooks in Houston he gets traded every single season basically if i'm in the books i am unloading my entire draft board to try and find talent to help out brady and help out help them out defensively too i love that i would love that to come true as well Ollie, just because uh, i like it when you get validated in the real world it makes me feel good for you makes me feel good for the show for the brand my friend okay let's move on ollie and get to our game show so the game show this week, and as every week we have a game show, now usually we try and mix it up with a different game show that we put an NFL flant on, flant on, slant on, but this week, Ollie, we decided to go for Tenable again because we had a great bit of listener interaction. And to explain more, we bring in our wonderful producer, the Beanie Baby, is Stereo Mike. Stereo, how you doing, fella? Are you well? Because you're looking well. Uh, how's it going? Good, Not bad, good, mate. good to see you lads again. Yeah, it's Good nice to, to see be. you. How are you feeling? I'm feeling fresh. I'm feeling like a like a like a, like a warm beanie, apparently. So um <laughs> Feeling good. And I have to say, I really enjoyed your metaphorical explanation of Ollie Conley living in a, was it a, a quote, shanty town? <laughs> shanty town house. Yeah, can I just say, I discovered something the other week, Tom, when I, I came down to London to hang out with you all for the NFL game. There's like a thing out there in the ether that I am strange, which I do not appreciate at all, that I'm some kind of weirdo who locks myself in a cabin and I watch it all day. <laughs> I, did not say anything. I, I know you did not, Michael. You've known me long enough and we hang out enough that you know this. But there is like a thing out there that I have some kind of weirdo who does nothing but watch football and does not have any kind of social skills or an ability to interact with humanity. I would like it stated on the record that I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty normal-ish person. Right. You are normal, Ollie. Perfectly normal. However, if that has got if I if that is attributed to me in any way and I've created that, I'm rather proud of myself if I've done that. <laughs> Maybe it was word. me. Any uh, comments from you, Michael? I just want to keep my job, so I, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> I have nothing else to add. Uh, I think Ali is a wonderful gentleman, excelsior to him. And at this rate, I think Ali should be the next prime minister. Thank you, sir. Definitely. He wouldn't do a worse job than the one at the moment. But we don't talk <laughs> politics. Oh, Michael, Michael, stereo Mike. Come on, baby. Tell us what's happening this week. Tell us which, which listener got in touch with us and tell us what it means for Tenable this week. Of course, absolutely. Uh, well, I, I have to say, I I'm, I was saying this off off screen as well, lads. It, it really meant a lot, I think, to us to see all the interaction last weekend. For people, it was mm-hmm. fantastic to hear and really appreciate people's comments. If you if you do want, my DMs are open. Gridiron's DMs are open if you do have any comments or questions. Uh, a, a gentleman called Oliver Inwards, oh. who is from Norwich in the United Kingdom, uh, sent me a few messages and he gave me an idea for Tenable. So basically his idea is a tenable format, but uh, Ollie and Tom have to name the starting offenses for their Super Bowl winning teams. So for example, um Tom is a Patriot or uh, Tom is a Green Bay fan. And yep. Ollie Connolly is a, a, a Patriots fan. And I know I know he said he's sort of in, in and out of supporting the team, but uh, this week we're gonna go with the offense for each team and we're gonna try and name the person at each position. Um, so it's kind of Ollie, Ollie, so it's like Ollie versus Tom on this one then, is it? So Pretty Ollie's much. got to do his... And, and then we've okay. got like a, 
we've 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 got a fun final round if if we get time, you know. Now, if are we, we get time. are we talking about the current teams now? So we said we're just gonna <laughs> no, we're we're, we're talking. Well, in your case, we're going 2014 Patriots oh, okay. offense, and oh. in. Well, I mean, Green Bay have only won one the last time in a year, so. Um. <laughs> all right, thanks for that, Mike. I'm a Broncos fan. That's right. It's all good. I mean, we're, we're both awful, so it's it's all good. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, Tom, you want to have a stab at this? I reckon I will nail this. I think, Tom, yeah, Tom can probably name the entire depth chart. He's really good at this stuff. I reckon I can nail this because it's, it's, this, is, this is where Ollie and I, the, the, the playing fields get leveled. If it's NFL general, then Ollie's going to work the that's, floor with me. That's if really pack- impressive one. If it's Packers specific, um, I'm, I'm pretty good. Do you want me to try and name the starting offense then to, for the, t- the top 10? So it's therefore, if I've got 11 choices basically to fill 10 spots, that's what you're saying. Now, how, how is one yeah. defining a starter? Are we in 11 personnel? 2014, Ooh. just probably ran a ton of 12 two, personnel. Uh, I, I reckon that uh, as long well, as you name 10 players, you're fine, basically. Oh, just 10 players from the, from the, off, starting the starting offense. So, for example, like, for example, you might have one team that has four starting wide receivers uh, or four wide receivers that were on the, on the offense at the start of the game or in the first quarter. There is one team that only had three because Bill Patriots. loves his tight ends. But yeah, looks good. Patriots, yeah. Uh, so yeah uh, and I have to say very quickly I'm impressed if you boys can get this because even like my team like we won it five years ago and I can remember certain players but to name the whole team or the whole offense or defense that's impressive so, like, 2014 for the Patriots is the Seattle Super Bowl correct yes and the, uh, <laughs> the half yard line the, the yeah, Richard yeah. Sherman yeah, yeah. legendary Twi- moment 2010 for the Packers is obviously against the Pittsburgh Steelers down in te- Texas. Rogers, Aaron Rogers' second home. So do you want me to try and name the starting eleven? Because I reckon I can do it. And I tell you what, I'll raise the stakes. I won't even have number 12 as one of the options. Wow. Should I take number 12 out too then? I think you should, yeah. I'll that's take the challenge. Number 12 out too. I-, I just want to clarify once again that you say starting offense. That that the phraseology is confusing me. Offense is fine. Just That's anyone on the roster for, on offense. That yes, I know. I can, yeah, I can definitely get that. I, I reckon, I can, I, reckon I can give you. I reckon I can give you the starting offense. Easy. I might exactly. be able to get ten running backs from that Patriots team. I think they played like Jonas Gray on a Thursday night. Didn't he go for like four hundred <laughs> yards against the Colts one 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 night in that year? I think. Anyway, Tom, you That's go ahead it. with the Packers. Right. Okay. I'll I'll leave the I'll leave the offensive line to the end just to startle you with my knowledge. <laughs> All right. First of all, I think we started on the outside that day. We started Greg Jennings mm-hmm. and Jordy Nelson. They should both be on there, Mike. Yeah, they are. Well done. Yeah. I think also starting, I reckon we would have also had in the starting lineup, James Jones. Yep. Yep. That's, that's three. I don't believe we started any tight ends. So oh, we would have. Oh, we a Finley running around, isn't there always? Well, Finley Finley injured himself that year, though I believe. So uh, running back at that point because because Grant was injured during the season will have been James Starks. Wow. Yeah. Um. The question is then: Did we start Kuhn at fullback or not? That's that's right. That slot, that last slot, I'm not sure about. So let me go to the offensive line. You ready for this? Yeah, this is going to be fun. Right. Belaga, uh-huh. Clifton, Sitton, Wells, 
and I'm not sure about the right guard. So there's the other starting skill player in in exclamation in in inverted commas and the right guard. I'm going to say the skill player. I mean, if you give me for anyone on the offense, Donald Driver was in that team. So was John Kuhn. So one of them would have been starting, and it was probably Driver. I think like, I need to go back on this, but I think you've named every player on my list. Okay. Well, I haven't given you the right guard yet. And I think the right guard was Daryl College. Wow. No. Wow. No, he didn't. I have right guard down here as Josh Sitton, who you did mention. And Darren College is left guard on my oh, list. Oh, so I've got them the wrong way around. So, oh, I mean, no. Heaven forbid. It's still, if, it, if it's tenable, then... then. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now hold on, hold on, hold on. Who was the quarterback? Yeah. The quarterback <laughs> was um uh Matt Flynn was, was it? Or Matt Flynn was the was the was the backup. I'm trying to Tol- think who was there. I don't know whether Tolzien was there at that point. That's a really good question. The old question. Same quarterback room for like four years, I think, at one point. Who? What? Packers did. They had the same quarterback room forever. Oh, I think so. We had Rogers, Flynn, and yeah, maybe Tolzien at that time. But it was, of course, Aaron Charles Rogers. Mike, coming middle name is just a dick move. <laughs> I didn't know his. I didn't know his middle name was Charles. <laughs> so I, I've learned something on this week's show. Um, uh, that's that. That's very impressive. Yeah, that's. Like, really I, I thought we were going to start naming offensive players. Like I, I would have accepted Anaheim on on Wikipedia's list, but <laughs> it's it's good. <laughs> it's really good. Well, he's already won because I can't come close to replicating that. I assure you. No, Oliver. I know you can't. I know I, you. I, can. I ju- yeah. Okay. <laughs> well. You'd be grand. Oh, you know, I can't. So <laughs> I, I, I know I can get the tight ends and a couple of the linemen and then skill position with the Pats in that area is so hard because they were Trout or LaFell one week, then there would be a Jonas Gray and then there'd be a Bolden. And so figuring that out, then there was James White, but they never played him and they won a Super Bowl with him. So that whole era, Tom, I don't know if you remember, they were winning Super Bowls mm-hmm. every season. So it, they, they all blurred together who was on what. <laughs> that seemed like a, I don't know if you remember, but they were winning Super Bowls every year, Thomas. And that game was an absolute disgrace uh, as a neutral. They shouldn't have won that game either. I mean, there's a whole different podcast for that years ago. But um, one, of the best, the... one of the best defensive game plans in the history of football. No problems. All right, I got okay. this. So, <laughs> not allowed Brady. Thomas, I don't know his middle name. Brady. Uh, Edward. His middle name Edward is Edward Joseph. Edward Joseph. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go with Rob Gronkowski. My, this one I thought would have been a good pull, but Tom just named every guard in the league, which is frustrating. <laughs> Michael Omenawanui. Beautiful. All-timer. Nate Solder. Yep. Seb Vollmer. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, this is, uh, I'm saying yep, yeah, not Mike, but <laughs> yeah. this makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, Edelman. Yep. LaFell. Yep. Now I'm cooked. Um, Jesus, even the names that you've mentioned there. Impressive. Like, what a team they had in comparison mm-hmm. to now, like. Like LaFell, well, all, those, all those guys um, are considered good players because they played with Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, outside, yeah. outside of Gronkowski, <laughs> the rest of uh, yeah, no. Um, Vaughn was a good player. Sold was a good player. I'll give him that. Um, the interior of the line, that's a tough one. I don't know if Connolly was, was that his last season? Go for it, Ollie. Take a shot. Dan Connolly. Do you have a Connolly jersey? No, I, I always, always wanted one. 
um, because I I don't do the buying of jerseys, but I thought that one would have been fun. Um, I oh, I do need to get one. Uh, Number sixty three was on the team, and just a fun fact: I would like the McQuaid with an E <laughs> Cowboys jersey for Christmas. Not uh, beautiful. Running backs, running backs. Oh, he's on Talk Sport. Shane Vereen. <gasps> yeah, spot on. Daddy Grab. Talksport to colleague. If he was not currently on Talksport last weekend, I would never have remembered that one. <laughs> Apologies to Shane. I'm sure he had a good game. After that, guys, I'd have to go defensive because I I got no I got no shot with a uh, the rest of the offense. I don't think. I I think I can remember during the season. I do think that the Jonas Gray indie game was in that season. Um, oh, 2014 is the year when um, was the um, the New York Post. Brady's washed. He needs to start game. So that that KC game, they played. I think I can remember the KC game better than I can remember the Super Bowl. Did, was Brandon Bolden on that team? That, that's not a starter though. I can't have three running backs, can I? Can I say Jonas? I'll just check. You. You said Shane Vereen for a running back. There was a different running back. There was a different running back that started the game. Yeah. Brandon Bolden. I mean, I'll I'll take it because he's on the roster. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, Mr. Blunt. Oh, Lagarde, of course. No yeah, way. They, they signed it. They resigned him in like late November, and then he just yeah. typical Balachek move, yeah. you know. Correct. It, uh, it, worked, it worked out well for him. Yeah. Did he get ten there, Ollie? Uh, Ollie, did you get ten? I think I think, I think he both did. To be honest with you, yeah. I mean, right, really quickly, Ollie, really quickly. Let's do this really quickly. No, no pausing. How many defensive players on that roster can you name? On the entire roster, or just the starters, um, of from that Super Bowl, probably, pro- I don't want to say the lot, but pretty, pretty damn close. Okay, fair enough. Maybe we'll do that another time. I thought I was going to do well, but I think I don't oh, think I go. know. Let's go back and forth, one to one, until we go on. Then okay, you want to go first? No, you go first. Chandler Jones, B.J. Raji, Vince Wilfork, uh, Ryan Pickett, spill it, Pickett, Rob Ninkovich. Clay Matthews, Jamie Collins, AJ Hawk, Darrell Rivas, Tremon Williams, Dime Linebacker, Patrick Chung, Great Pulse, Sam Shields. Was he on that team? Sam Shields. He was on that team, yeah. He was on that team. Uh, Devin McCourty, Nick Collins, Revenge Game, Brandon Browner, Howard Green. Howard Green. I'm still trying to find Browner. Browner is definitely on that team. I think Howard Green's on the team as well. Go, go. Oh, I've got yeah, Browner's on it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Green's on it as well. Yeah. Okay. Now my confidence is waiting because I think I might be tapped. Oh, I didn't say Dante Hightower. He made the he made the play of the Super Bowl. I got a great one. Play. Frank Zombo. Wow. Outside well, linebacker. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Well done. No, no, I, I had a whole, I, I had a whole final topic, lads, and it was difficult as well. And well, let's, 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 let's look. I think we did really well. Let's I go. Let's, let's try and do it there anyway. So Zombo yeah. wins it. Let's do it. Right, move on. Uh, do this together, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do this together very quickly. Uh, as as of the time we're recording, week six is in the books. We're getting into week seven this weekend. Uh, top ten touchdown scores so far this season. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> pass, pass, passing, passing touchdowns, or just like receiving oh, and rushing, and total, like just total touchdowns. 
So that I have to check that, but I, I looked at one player there on the list and I've given it away already. I know it's definitely both. So it's definitely both. But it's not passing touchdowns. It's receiving and scoring touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Um, God. Now, there's a lot of people tied, so you could literally say about... Okay. I, well, I don't want to say like 30 names, but you you wouldn't be doing too bad if you get measured. Okay. Tyreek has to be one, right? Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill, yeah. Okay. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, for any game. Good good pull. Um, <laughs> Debo? I can't believe we're three players in. I have to go down the list to check if he's Debo. De- no, I can't accept that. Wow. I mean, he's he's obviously scored touchdowns this season, but he's not within that limit. So I can say he's in the wow. top 10. Basically, there's people tied on seven, like seventh place, and people tied in 13th place, which okay. is an issue, but I'll, I'll accept it. Oh God, I'm struggling, Ollie, because I've not been lifting my head up from what's been going on <laughs> in the green support? and gold. Oh, those guys <laughs> who are scored who the play in London. <laughs> oh, Saquon. Saquon. I'll give that four so far. Four. Four out of ten. I mean, this should be. It. If is I Aaron, is, is Aaron Jones on that list? On the league. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but if I played fantasy football, I'm sure I, I would. I'm joking. Exactly. I, 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 I would I'd really, be the exact same. I'd be the exact same here. Like, I mean, I just, um, I just listed the entire 2014 pass defense. I'm confident in my knowledge of the league. I, I, I don't care about the specifics of who is catching the touchdowns. I care more about how the team gets. Frank Zombo. All we have to like, Frank Zombo is the uh, Frank Zombo. Frank Zombo is the title Frank of this Zombo. podcast this week. Um, God, I mean, come on. Let's just list the top right. Right. Uh, oh, um, um, AJ Brown has to be. I love the silence in this podcast right now as I try and find him on the list. Where the hell's he at? Has to be. AJ Brown. I just watched him score like 10 in two days. Not having that. Yeah, he's on the list. So. Oh, that, what about what about Jamar Chase? No, I don't think that's right. I'll accept it. You'll accept it? Ooh, I'll I accept like it. Oh, no, that. he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. It was okay, close to the other Six or seven? We're at six. Okay. Well, now, who are the bad teams who have someone who scores all the touchdowns? <sighs> Mike Evans missed a week. Oh, this is this is harder than it should be. Harder than it should be. Okay. What about if you think about good teams? What about Stefan Diggs? Is he is he on there? What if I told you that I seen St. Brown instead of AJ Brown and AJ Brown is not in the top 25? <laughs> AJ Brown has only scored two touchdowns this season so far. Wow. So we lost. No, like we, we can still go. I'm, I'm quite okay. Stefan Diggs? Diggsy is, yep, he's third highest so far. Six. I've got, I've got Lions have scored a load of points, Ollie. What about Jamal Williams? Spot on. He's wow. tied with Stefan Diggs. Is he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. That is crazy. That offense is ridiculous. I think I think I'm I think I'm out now. I can't really think of anybody else to be honest. No. Okay, I will count down the top ten or twelve names because it's they're all because they're on the same amount of touchdowns, they're all like yep. acceptable. Travis, Kelsey, Nick Chubb, oh, Stephon Chubb, Diggs, Williams Alliance, Austin Eckler, Jalen Hurts, Dante Adams, Austin Eckler didn't get the ball for like four weeks. That's insane. Cooper Cup. Uh, Derek Henry, Mark Andrews, Edwards Hilaire. Um, I mean, all the best players in the league. This is like a yeah. Cooper Fournette. Fournette only has four. Cook, Lazard. Lazard. 
hold on, the Packers have scored touchdowns? I'm, I'm joking. Sorry. The Lizard Man! Um, Jamar Chase was at the very, very bottom of that. So I, I thought he was all right there, lads. Uh, Christian McCaffrey would have been outside, but I now sound like Richard Osmond and Pointless, so I'm going to stop and just <laughs> try and find 100 people in the street, or I should have done that, 100 people at the London game yeah. to get answers for a Pointless special. We'll do that in Munich. And uh, I'll come back. I love it. Beautiful. Thank you, Mike, for joining us. The Beanie Baby for taking us through the quiz this week. If you've got some ideas that you would like to share with us for how we could potentially do our quizzes, then please do mcfquestions at gmail.com or as Mike said, DMs are open. So, you know, if you want to send him a suggestion for a quiz or just flirt with him, Mike is there to listen. I know he will be. Ollie, let's spin forward and finally... Uh, finally <laughs> finish this show with some listeners questions so two questions to get to today ollie first of all from jc0406 on the email jc you didn't leave your name which is a shame so maybe hit us up again next week and we'll know what your name is uh jc asks, what's the ceiling for jalen hurts that's a great question ollie because he's been performing so well this season but i still think people overlook him slightly yeah i think so i think it'll and to be fair, he is kind of a cog in the best machine in the league. And so it is hard to kind of separate the two out. His rise is the rise of that team surrounding him with the best line in the league. You know, maybe the best skill position talent in the league. It's it's pretty close, particularly when you include Dallas Goddard and what they're able to do with him. Probably, well, most certainly the best scheme in the league, in part because of his skill, because of his ability to run the ball and his uh, accuracy throwing deep, deep down the field. And he's really improved in the areas of his game where he struggled last year, which was mostly rhythm and timing and throwing in the middle of the field, which is essentially how you win in the NFL long-term is you have to bully the middle of the field and you have to get the ball out on time and in rhythm, particularly as we're seeing so much too deep coverage. What they have right now is a complete cheat code. The way everyone else is playing defense in the NFL, they have built the exact antidote to that by having an extra rushing, an extra rusher in the game, which is the quarterback and forcing to spin from too deep to one because you've got to fit an extra guy into the box and so they can still do all the stuff that other teams are mostly unable to do because they're seeing so much too deep coverage so it's just a, a fun time for them and as i said they have the best offensive scheme in the league right now so it is quite hard to separate hurts out from that to me will he be a perennial mvp where you could if you just dropped on the titans now would he be one of the five best quarterbacks in the league i don't think so in the right ecosystem, can he consistently win and take you to title games, NFC Championship game, maybe Super Bowls, and maybe win the whole thing? Uh, I think so. That the shelf life and what we'll have to learn is can he develop enough as an intermediate passer to grow that side of his game as the legs start to fall away, as we see with Russell Wilson in Denver now, as the legs start to slip a little bit, are you good enough in the intermediate portion of the game to win consistently with your arm? And Russell Wilson is proving not to be right now, and that's a question for Hurts four or five years down the line. But as a guy who you're very, very comfortable building around and you're very, very comfortable trying to win titles with, I, I think he's there already. Fantastic. JC, please leave your name next time with your question. We'd love to give you a name shout out. And Aiden Flood, long-time listener, has been in touch. He says, hi, folks. It's lovely to hear you both together again this season. It's a pleasure of ours to be doing it, Aiden. This question is for Mr. Moore. Oh, dear. Uh, which of these was more staggering to you? The Jets doing what they did at Lambeau or Colville Town of the Southern League dumping <laughs> Notts County out of the FA Cup? So... 
those of you not aware, I'm a Notts County fan here in Nottingham. I'm a, uh, you know, the Notts County in the National League, and we're top of the league at the moment, Ollie. So the fact that we lost to the Colville Town of the Southern League doesn't matter, Ollie. It does yep. not matter. It's about getting out of the National League and back into the Football League. And it's fantastic because I've been watching the Welcome to Wrexham documentaries, yeah, yeah. and I'm finding them brilliant because essentially it's what Wrexham are going through and the, the issues they're revealing in that documentary are exactly the problems that Notts County have. And it's the exact problem. They were a big club, a bigger club, have fallen on tough times and getting out of that division is really, really difficult. And they keep playing Notts County as well. So it's, it's always <laughs> interesting watching it. It's like watching, you know, it's, it's nice having that. So I think it's a fantastic documentary. So what was more staggering to me is I think what the Jets did, just because um, I don't think Notts County played a bit of a reserve team and I don't think they were really bothered. Ollie. Yeah, most difficult division in the world to get out of, and you're going up against a team with probably, I imagine, ten times the payroll. If you know, I know they're not completely revealing the Wrexham accounts, but it seems like they're outspending everyone by a factor of ten. Um, so yeah, you called the Jets game, so you can't mm. be that stunned by it. It was your look ahead headline last week. Oh it? yeah, true. Down a phase that you're in with the Packers. It's <laughs> every week's headline is the Packers stink and they're going to lose. So you called the Jets one. Perhaps Aiden, I wasn't surprised about either. Um, maybe the maybe the case. And actually, you know what's really interesting, Ollie, about the Jets game as well is that I wasn't upset. I was sat there watching it. My wife was in and out because um, uh, she was having to go and pick up her mum from the station. She's staying with us. Um, but I was, and she came back. She came. She went upstairs to wash her hair. She came back down. She said, "How's it going? What's the score now?" And I was like, "Well, it's like seventeen-three now, or whatever." And I was just saying, you know what? I don't care though. It's I. I, I can see the problems with this team. And therefore, I know there's one winner at the end of the season, Ollie, that wins the Super Bowl. And that is not going to beat the Packers, right? As much as much as I would love that to be the case, it doesn't bother me because it's I'm now enjoying actually the journey of all maybe, you know, you just you just, you know, set fire to it and see what happens. <laughs> Are we at that stage yet? Because we've had this Rogers Packers era for so long, and I am a bit tired of his moodiness and his arrogance and his cockiness, but I appreciate that I will be crying like a little baby when he goes because he is such a generational talent. But at the same time, maybe, it's, and I don't want to become that Pats fan that was like, yeah, I'm fine. We're moving on with Brady. and Yeah, everything's cool. But I feel like maybe I'm becoming that person. And then two years later, you got Bailey Zappi and it's like, you start questioning, although Zappi's good, but he's all right. You'll start questioning your life um, and you start looking and weeping at pictures of Tom Brady at Robert Kraft's wedding on Friday, thinking what could have been and should we have allowed Belichick to go? Brady's somehow going to be in the league longer than Belichick. It's, yeah, uh, that happens. I would not give up on the Packers yet. I think there are so many problems. I really do hope that that was rock bottom on Sunday and they can get in a room and not be... Uh, passive aggressive towards one another and just figure it out and i think the the ceiling defensively is so unbelievably high and it's been so bad that i just wouldn't give up on it yet it's a long long season it's an 18 week season the nfc stinks and as long as you get into the dance i think that's a team that could go to dallas and win i think they can play the eagles on a neutral field if that defense gets into any kind of league average to above league average and they have the talent to be one of the five ten best units in the NFL and it's just not playing that way right now. So I still have some faith in them defensively and they'll just have to become a run the ball defense team. And then hopefully Aaron Rodgers hits two or three big plays a game and he's most certainly capable of that and that clicking into gear at any point. So I would not, I would not give up on them just yet. I think to me, 
I still think the Bucks are really, really close to being a very good team. And as long as they're ready by December, January, and he starts turning up to practice on Wednesdays, Tom Brady and maybe gets interested in the game planning, he'll probably start doing that. What do we think? Like mid to late November, he decides he's ready to play the season somewhere in that range. Um, I still think the Bucks be really good. And I still, I'm, I'm not giving up on the Packers. I think they also have a similar trajectory where we think the the juggernaut in October will still be the same juggernaut in January. Injuries take over. Now we've got... Uh, an era where people are interested in trades. There'll be a Odell Beckham signing for someone. Yeah, I think that as long as you can just hang around at this point of the season, try and stay healthy. Uh, in that conference, I wouldn't be giving up quite yet when you turn up to any field and you have Aaron Rodgers and anyone else in that conference has a worse quarterback. That's just the reality. Unless it's Tom Brady, who's neck and neck, and Jalen Hurts is playing unbelievably well, still no one else in that conference, no matter who you face, has a better QB than Aaron Rodgers. It's the hope that kills you, Ollie. That's all I'll say. It's the hope that kills you. Ollie, it's been a pleasure once again to get together with you. We look forward to talking to everyone again next week. Please hit us up with your questions, comments, thoughts, mcfsquestions at gmail.com. You know where to find us all on Twitter. It's been beautiful to have you. So from now, it's goodbye from Stereo Mike. Beanie baby. <laughs> it's goodbye from the Godfather. Goodbye. That is goodbye from me. Have a great weekend.